0: october is mental health month and i think it is a useful thing to focus on an under-researched area of mental health disorders much misunderstood and stigmatized brain seizures Mm -hmm. called epilepsy it is to do so as part of a wider consideration of how to treat with those that are marginalized and stigmatized and excluded, left out and left behind by church and society. I have chosen for my text Mark 9 verses 14 and following. This is the story of Jesus' healing the son with seizures brought by his father to Jesus' disciples. People with epilepsy are at increased risk of suffering anxiety, depression, low self-esteem and from the stigma associated with epilepsy this conversation will not attempt to diagnose the causes and itemize the cures for epilepsy but rather to focus on the ministries that may be developed in response to the issues of anxiety depression self-esteem and stigma faced by those with seizure and to consider their families in terms of the heightened psychosocial and emotional issues that may arise with the disorder of the brain that causes seizures. All three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and luke give an account of this miracle, but Mark provides the most Mm. intricate details. One gets the clear impression that Mark was there and saw this when it first happened and that it left a lasting impression on him. The boy looks so much like a corpse that many said he's dead are the unmistakable words of an eyewitness Mark also conveys the emotions with which Jesus spoke if you can, in response to the guided statement from the epileptic boy's father, in coming to terms with the presence of this disorder in our midst and in our attempt to take people with seizures out of the shadow by a ministry of grace the text offers us some insights about our rules of engagement, of which I offer the following three. The first is that ministries like the grace of bringing people out of the shadow with brain disorder, that is epilepsy, whether mild or severe, tonic-clonic, are performed by those who have been to the mountaintop. A spiritual reserve to buttress those that are engaged with people's misery is necessary. Many of these problems are complex and are complicated. The people we encounter along the way in performing these ministries are those capable of disappointing us profoundly by their ingratitude or even treachery. The structures that bear on people's lives are stubborn and unrelenting. If the practitioner does not have a spiritual reserve to draw upon, they will be overwhelmed and alienated. This point of the need for spiritual resources is made in two different ways in our text. It is made in the fact that the disciples who were made to remain behind and did not join the inner core that witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus were the ones that were unable to respond to the father who came for help for his child. I believe the juxtaposition of the two stories serve to reinforce the point of the of powerlessness in the valley in the face of human misery. There are some human experiences that are so deeply troubling and unsettling for those who witness them. These therefore are not ministries to be undertaken mm. by mere volunteers. Were bleeding hearts. They call for a measure of grace and equipping that only come from being in God's presence, overhearing God speaking with God and seeing the face of God. This point is also made by the answer that Jesus provides his disciples who asked him, why could not we cure the boy? Jesus said, this kind comes out by prayer and Matthew adds fasting. These ministries to the marginalized and excluded call for God's power and God's grace to be unleashed amongst us and through us. We must come to it with that measure of humility and of leaning on the everlasting arms. The second rule is that when we are seeking to respond to human misery, we must not reduce people's misery and suffering to become mere objects of speculation and contests of words, it is so easy to reduce people's misery to a discussion point that is speculative, but that does nothing to address their plight. The narrative in Mark's gospel begins with the report of the fact that when Jesus came down from the mountain, what he saw was a large crowd gathered and the teachers of the law arguing with the disciples and everyone else about the man and his son. Jesus had to ask them, what are you arguing about? This is the temptation to which the disciples in John's Gospel yielded when they saw the blind man along the roadside. They asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, so that he was born blind? They saw an opportunity to start a speculative conversation about the causes of evil and suffering this is to treat the poor as objects of speculation we have the same thing where the problem of brain disorders that cause seizures are concerned in the ancient near east they called it demon possession demon possession is a big topic in mark's gospel there are many accounts of incidents that are called demon possession and the longest account and the most details of such account are provided in mark 5 the garrison demoniac in mark's gospel a materialist reading will indicate that he uses demon possession to discuss the disorientation brought on the people of the land because of the occupation of their land by rome by the roman military the conflict with the host of demons is a proxy battle for the conflict with the forces of empire that are vanquished as Pharaoh's army was at the Red Sea. This is not the role played here in the story of epilepsy. The account is to acknowledge that the disorder that the family faced was beyond the explanation that they were able to provide. So they attributed it to the realm of the spirits. These superstitions, conspiracy theories, contrivances are distractions. They do not help us to minister grace to people in need. As long as we associate people's struggle and suffering and misery merely to talking points, to promote our cures or our conspiracy theories, or worse, to blame them for their own misery, and therefore to doubly be victimize them, we will not develop efficacious ministries of grace we have to come to the project humbly and with grace to regard people as fully human and always developing protocols to protect and to preserve their dignity whatever else we do we have to treat people with dignity and with respect we cannot stigmatize them we cannot make light of their difficulties Their plight is not an excuse for us to try out our pet theories and conspiracies. The third rule by which we should operate is to never turn anyone away. This little section of the dialogue begs certain questions. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Why does Jesus get so impatient and so angry with his disciples? certainly this is not a small matter or an easy cure why the push back because of their inability epilepsy can affect men and women boys and girls at all ages and there is no self-evident precipitating factor both surgeries medication and psychological in- interventions offer no guaranteed relief it seems to me it is their insensitivity towards the family and the child that causes causes the pushback from Jesus. They did not because they could not, but they turned immediately to a long argument about it. As if the family were not there, as if they were invisible. Their insensitivity resulted therefore in their indifference towards the suffering. The urgency was gone and they became deeply engrossed in their arguments. Sometimes it is not the cure we offer that make the difference to people. But it is the solidarity. It is the compassion. It is the time we take to make them know that they matter to us. That makes all the difference in the world to them. But it is what Jesus says that matter matters to him. It is their lack of faith and belief, their infidelity in that sense. The thing that was the albatross in the ministry of Jesus is the failure of the disciples to understand it Mm. and to mature. They just did not quite get it. How long shall I put up with you? Jesus exclaimed while speaking to them in the third person. It is those ministries that challenge our resources and our capacities to perform. Those ministries that we do not, because we do not know, because we can, but because we must, that stand to make the lasting impact. People are not formulas or opportunities to grandstand. They are whole human persons and must be treated as such. Sometimes all we can do is sit with them in silence at a time of their trial and struggle. And yet we make all the difference in the world. It is a grace to take the time. It is a grace to say nothing. It is a grace to do the little things we can, the cup of cold water, the touch, the hug. Yes, the prayer that makes the difference. The text does not tell us what the disciples should have done, except what the boy's father did, which was to bring the boy to Jesus. If that is all we do, we do enough. This is what the disciples had seen over and over again in their time with Jesus, how people in their misery came to Jesus, and Jesus made all the difference in the world to them. The first task in the exercise of these ministries of grace, therefore, is to accept that their problem is a real problem this is what the gospel indicates is part of bringing the boy to jesus it is an opportunity to see up close and in person the extent of the difficulties of the issues involved in the narrative in the gospel the problem explodes in the face of jesus to show it's fully epidemiology and anatomy Mm. we must not be afraid of it we have to face it. Others face these realities every day with half the resources that we have. They have to care and they have to try and they have to keep going. They dare not walk away. They dare not hide behind some clever words and fine arguments. C'est la vie. This is life. This is the rough side of the mountain. They face every day or any day. It can strike at any time and the script is not prepared. It could be the fire, it could be water, it could be sudden death. There is a lot about epilepsy that is unknown. It can affect anyone, any age, any gender. It can be passed on through genes, and it can be that it has nothing to do with family history. Yoga and meditation help, but we are not sure in what way, or if it actually does, or it is merely Mm. the placebo effect. What is needed is more data, more research, more attention to people with the problem, to develop cures or surgeries or support. Church ministries need to be more data driven. We need to come close to the people and understand their struggles and feel the tack in the heel of their shoes with them. We have to develop these basic ecclesial communities that put us amongst the people so we can see how they live and with what they live. That is what it means to bring God's grace of liberation and transformation to the people. Secondly, we have to keep faith with faith. If you can do anything, have pity on us, is what the Father asks. If you can, ask Jesus in protest. All things are possible if you believe. Lord, I believe. Help Mm. thou my unbelief. How many times have we prayed that prayer ourselves when our faith has been tried? This is what is happening to people of color, the black and brown peoples of the world, black and brown bodies in the world, who are always disproportionately affected by COVID, by structures of poverty and injustice, by natural disasters, by these random acts of nature. Like the woman that had the hemorrhage, we have tried everybody and bought every medicine. But instead of getting better, we grow only worse. Help my unbelief. We have to keep on believing. We have to say like Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the word of eternal life. This faith is the faith in the character and power of God. We have to believe that God will make a way if we have no faith life is absurd if we have faith it is full of mystery faith is faith in people like this father when seizures are over and sometimes during the seizures themselves people have weak muscles it drains them some lose consciousness and sometimes if you have witnessed an episode of seizure it drains you you have weak muscle yourself you have you are left in a daze for the sake of fathers like these who are struggling with unbelief, who are on the edge of despair, we have to keep on believing and standing with them and so help their unbelief. We have to keep looking for the therapies and cures. This is why fasting and prayer is to go without just in order to relentlessly search for the medicines or the intervention that can turn the situation around decreasing the number of seizures, the Mm. length and the severity of seizures, and then until at last, they are so infrequent that they no longer happen. And as we say in Jamaica, we grow them out. We need the faith in God. We need faith in people. We need the faith to keep trying and keep working. That faith creates option. That faith provides small miracles every day. That faith will overcome the world. Thirdly, efficacious ministries of grace are not over when they are over. There are matters arising. Children make such few appearances in the gospel that it is surprising that three different sets of children make appearances in Mark's gospel. There is Jairus' daughter, the Syrophoenician woman, and her daughter. And there is the father with the epileptic son, Notice that Jesus performs the miracle in a manner that lessens the opportunity for the opportunity of the gathering crowd to treat the boy as a spectacle. He also vanquishes the forces that are mangling the life of the child and does it once for all, never enter him again. The forces that are repeat offenders are many and varied. It is our task to stay with the project of protecting the health and well-being of our children. We must neither be naive nor unwholesome in our approaches, but we must accept the vocation of care and prudence. In the account of Jairus' daughter, Jesus tells the parents, say nothing to anyone about the cure. In other words, do not allow your child to become a public spectacle a story and a magazine page, something that exploits the children by making them mere memes, something to tickle other people's Mm. fancy. Finally, there needs to be the development of focus groups to be brief ourselves about the challenges and lessons of ministry. This is reflection on engagement. So there is reflection engagement and reflection on engagement as the pattern of ministry and theologizing. After the ministry is the session with Jesus to benefit from the experience and draw lessons about the nature of the challenge and to do the needed self-correction. This is how we advance the cure and the empowering of people. We have to build the capacity and the competence, the consciousness and the sensitivity, the protocols and the techniques that are most effective to supplying grace and faith in the face of human misery. Only so will we bring the marginalized and stigmatized out of the shadows. Mm. May God grant us them as we pray the facility to welcome those like this boy's father who bring their children to Jesus out of the shadow and the edge of death. We pray his prayer today that all those who have their big moments and their challenging moments may say, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Those who doubt themselves and doubt their faith May we see our prayers answered and our children stand on their feet. Amen.